0: Welcome to this week's episode of Gin and Beer It. This week I am really excited because I am joined by Max, who is on Instagram as Cocktails by Max. He has an account that I've been admiring for quite a few months because he has incredible, incredible photos of the cocktails that he makes. And he also comes up with some really interesting recipes. So I'm very excited to have him on the show today. Welcome, Max.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And I was also very excited when Max and I started talking about this episode because I asked him what sort of drinks that he would like to discuss, and he actually said tiki drinks, specifically the Mai Tai, which is my absolute favorite. So this is a topic I am very excited about. So thanks, Max. Um, Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your Instagram account?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, I have this Instagram account for one and a half years now, and... uh, I make different c- types of cocktails and also new drinks that I created myself yeah like this and um, further I'm doing uh, or I'm making cocktails uh, when I was a teenager before and I got my like my first cocktail shaker from as a birthday present and then, I'm sh- then I started making uh, mocktails at family birthday parties so that's how it all started
0: that's, yep. that's really great. and so you're you're based in Germany, correct Max?
1: Yeah, that's that's have, correct.
0: Have you ever been a uh, have you ever worked in the service industry or been a bartender or do you make all of your cocktails at home?
1: Uh, no, I make all of my cocktails at home and I uh, taught myself that to do that.
0: yeah yeah, that's that's really impressive. It, it takes a lot to to learn that skill on your own and based off of your Instagram, you're definitely your cocktails look amazingly presented. Thank you. So what? So talking about, um, I guess we can start off with the the mai tai. What yep. um, what made you choose the mai tai? What is it that you like so much about it?
1: Um, I think it's the, the, the drink that um, represents this tiki style the most, and I personally like it because you have so many variations to do on this. So yeah, that's why I choose it.
0: Yeah, I um, I totally agree. I, I definitely think that it represents tiki as a whole. And I've also found that whenever I have visited different bars or restaurants or gone on holiday to different countries, it's always kind of a different variation that you get. So even though there's the classic um, Trader Vic's version that everyone will kind of reference, everyone seems to have their own spin on it. So you never really know what you're getting when someone else makes a Mai Tai for you.
1: Yeah, so that's basically uh, what I like about it. So, I mean, I think I made about two Mai Tais on this channel right now, and um, the last one I made was with uh, a pomegranate Granite-infused triple sec. So, they, I, yeah, there are so many variations you can do on this, and uh, yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite variation of the Mai Tai?
1: I think that this is the one I made there, so... Also, did you so?
0: Did you buy that pomegranate triple sec, or did you infuse oh, it yourself? I
1: infused it by myself.
0: That's really impressive. That sounds really tasty. Yeah, it was. How did you so? Did you just buy a bottle of triple sec and then you soaked it with pomegranate for a certain period of time and then strain it, or how did you go about making that?
1: Yeah, buying a pomegranate and uh, taking out the seeds and um, yeah, putting it uh, in a jar or something with the uh, triple sec and a little bit of sugar and infuse it for like about some weeks or so and then you can strain it and then you have the uh, pomegranate infused triple sec
0: that sounds that sounds really really nice and so the variation of the mai tai that I usually make is just the classic one. Um, and so for anyone who has never had a Mai Tai or has never made it before, the classic Mai Tai um, invented by Trader Vic is usually three quarters of an ounce of fresh lime juice, a quarter ounce of simple syrup. Um, I usually base my recipe off of Martin Kate's version from the Smuggler's Cove book. So I use a Rich demerara simple syrup um, a quarter ounce of Orzia syrup, which is a almond based syrup, and then a half an ounce of dry curacao. Um, I actually I usually use triple sec. I use Cointreau, and then two ounces of blended aged rum. And the rum is really where you can kind of experiment because rum, rum. T- rums are so different from how they're aged or if they're pot-stilled. So you can really kind of change up your Mai Tai based on the rum that you choose. Sometimes I'll mix um, like a light rum with a darker rum. Is there, um, Max, is there any particular rum that you really like to use when you make your Mai Tais?
1: Um, To be honest, I don't have any uh, or any much um, experience with rum. So I basically use the common ones like uh, the Havana Club uh, dark rum, or mm-hmm. I also like uh, the Captain Morgan rum, what is basically a rum liqueur because of its uh, because of the color and the flavor added to it but um, but it has a lot li- in a really nice uh, vanilla flavor which I really like in those uh, creations and yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I def I definitely. Enjoy those as well. I usually, for my white rum, I usually use Bacardi, and I find that that works pretty well. Um, but yeah, you can you can really completely change the the profile of a Mai Tai just by changing up the the rum. So, is there anywhere? Do you remember specifically anywhere where you first tried a Mai Tai, or somewhere where you've had a really nice one before? It's uh,
1: it's a bit uh, crazy, but uh, I don't have had. Um, a mitre at a bar or something. I just made it by myself the first time. So, yeah.
0: Oh, that's quite that's quite impressive. Yeah.
1: So I don't have any uh, referations uh, where I can um, check if my recipe was right or so.
0: Well, that's probably in a lot of ways a good thing because I tend to find that while there are some places where you can get a really incredible Mai Tai. There are also some places that, um, like, for example, I traveled to Greece recently, and a lot of restaurants advertise having Mai and bars as well advertise having Mai Tai's on their menu, but it ends up basically just being like rum and pineapple juice, or sometimes even like vodka and pineapple juice. It's not really remotely representing what we would consider to be the Mai Tai recipe, so it can be a bit disappointing when you see it on the menu if you're used to that recipe and then you get something that's basically just kind of different juices mixed together. Yeah. Um, so is there another big aspect of the Mai Tai is the garnishing. How do you typically like to garnish your Mai Tais? Uh,
1: I prefer, uh, pineapple, uh, leaves, uh, in the mm-hmm. background and maybe a pineapple chunk, uh, at a glass or sometimes I also use those, um, Canned uh, cocktail cherries, which oh, yeah, uh, yeah. which are I think way too sweet to eat them, but uh, they have a nice uh, contrast in the picture and they look awesome, really.
0: Yeah, no, I actually have your your tie up on my phone just now, and that is that is I really like what you did with the pineapple fronds. That is a very nice presentation. Yeah,
1: I think um, it represents the um, yeah. The tropical aspect of the, ticket drink itself, and uh, makes uh, make it looks like a pineapple if you th- if you see it like that, and yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it um it, the entire drink just tastes like you're on holiday for sure. Um, yeah. I know one thing that's interesting is in um, in the Smuggler's Cove book they talk about the presentation and I guess the, the classic way that you're meant to present a Mai Tai is to use a turned over um, spent lime shell so basically whatever lime shell you um, you used for the fresh lime juice you're supposed to turn it over and set it in the glass and um, Martin Kate actually says that Back when they would make this drink at the original Trader Vic's, they had what was called a sun-kissed hand squeezer, and I've never actually seen one of these because I just have a normal hand squeezer. But it, um, something about it, the the hand squeezer that I have kind of turns the peel inside out, and I guess the squeezer that they used didn't, and so they were able to put the the lime peel into. The top of the drink, and then behind it, they would put a sprig of mint. Which I'm a huge mint fan; I really enjoy mint, and so it was meant to kind of look like a palm tree sitting on an island. Which I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: That, that's crazy, really. Yeah, I nev- yeah. I also use mint in the tropical drinks I make, and yeah, because of the contrast and also of the uh, the nice presentation of it. But I never used uh, yeah a lime, half a lime in it. Is it like uh, those flaming ones you um, you fill with um, overproof rum and light it on, or is it? Yeah,
0: I think yeah, I think that's exactly kind of what it's meant to be like. But you just flip it upside down. But they said you want to make sure that you don't shake the lime. You don't put the lime peel in your shaker because then the drink will get to be a bit too bitter with all the pith. But if you just after you squeeze it. Kind of puff it up and then set it on top of the drink, which yeah, okay. I never I never knew that that was the intention was for it to look like an island, but it does make it look very nice presented.
1: Yeah, it's so it sounds nice to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So do you have you? I was doing a bit of reading before we started recording this. Have you ever heard much of the history about the Mai Tai? Um,
1: I look I looked it up a bit. So um, the only thing I know is the creator is the uh, Trader Rick. uh, which is the the opponent of the um, Don the Beachcomber, which uh, or who has the first Tiki-style bar in the US, like in the 1930s. And I think it it was created back in 1944, but only published in uh, 1972. In his book, I think.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly what I read as well. And um, I thought it was super interesting because, like you said, in 1944 when Trader Vic first started making the drink, he made it with a 17-year-old J. Ray and Nephew Jamaican rum. And the drink ended up being so popular that the entire world sold out of that rum and so he started using a different variation of Ray and Nephew and I think that also sold out and so he ultimately started kind of making his own blend um that was basically Jamaican rum and aged molasses based Martinique rum um to ensure that he didn't have to worry about the rum going out of stock again so it's kind of crazy nowadays to think about a drink being so popular that they actually run out of some of the ingredients But as you mentioned, um, Don the Beachcomber was like his, his kind of um, rival and Don the Beachcomber actually claims that the Mai Tai was based off of his QB cooler, um, which he made in 1933. But a lot of people um, have watched a lot of YouTube videos and other things online where people have basically said that that's. It's rubbish, basically, because if you look at the ingredients of a QB cooler, it's nothing. It, it's more like a fruit punch. It's really nothing like a mai tai. Um, so everyone pretty much agrees that Trader Vic was the original inventor of the mai tai.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, and the um, Don Beach uh,'s recipe is also based on uh, grapefruit, I think, and yeah, so it's not the same like the mai tai you mentioned before.
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure that drink is good. Yeah, because I, I saw that it has grapefruit. I think it also has club soda water in it. Um, something um, like that. Yeah, exactly. So it sounds. It's probably still a really good drink, but it's just, it's It's a bit silly to claim that it's the the same as the mai tai. Yep. So that is basically, the the mai tai. in in a nutshell, it does have a very interesting history. Um, before we move on to um, other other tropical drinks are there any any other variations of the Mai Tai that you have tried or that you would like to try at some point mm,
1: I think I would try to um, if, infuse the rum with pineapple sometime and yeah or coconut maybe but not like the uh, Malibu version you could could buy in the stores because these ones are way too sweet and yeah way too to be uh, way uh, too much a liquor than a rum, and um, yeah, that's what I would try with it. Basically. No, I think
0: I agree. I think a pineapple infused rum would be really good. My my dad, I I haven't made this yet because I don't have any rye whiskey in my um, in my bar right now, but my dad actually makes, he calls it a Kentucky rye tie, and it's basically the identical ingredients of a Mai Tai, but instead of using rum, he uses Kentucky rye whiskey. Um, my dad's a big whiskey drinker, so it kind that of appeals his taste. That's yeah, it's, really... it's a bit weird, um, but, but I will it... say that like Mai Tais are a very you know if you garnish them with mint they're a very mint forward drink and and whiskey tends to go really nicely with mint so I could see how it would taste nice
1: yeah I think if you think about it uh it could be nice yeah
0: yeah exactly um but yeah no for anyone who is listening and hasn't tried a Mai Tai before I honestly highly recommend it it really is my favorite drink um probably in the entire world. I have some really good memories of drinking Mai Tais because it's such a nice drink that you can have on holiday. Or if you can't go on holiday, it's a nice way to feel like you're on holiday in your own home. So I, I highly recommend it.
1: Yeah. It, I think with the, within these tropical or, yeah, tiki drinks, it's it's like um, that's what I often uh, write in my um, in, under my posts is that... Um, you should close your eyes and imagine like you're sitting uh, at a beach watching the sunset or watching the waves. And I think if you have this uh, drink in your hands, you really could imagine that. Yeah, right, this feeling. absolutely.
0: I totally agree. So what are some of your other favorite tiki drinks?
1: Um, maybe um, the Hurricane. I don't know if it's a real tiki drink or or something further like that. Um, the zombie is quite nice.
0: Yeah, zombies it's, Zombies are very good.
1: I like those. Yeah, it's probably uh, one taste, rum, and really much. And But it has quite, a quite nice uh, setting of fruits um, in the recipe. I like the uh, papaya juice, which I... Don't get in in the stores here, so I have to squeeze in a papaya that I bought. So that I that was quite crazy. I bet that tastes good. Crazy. That
0: it's fresh, though.
1: And I don't I don't know what what drinks could be uh, there as well. You think the uh, pina colada might be a tiki drink?
0: Yeah, I think I think some people might say it's more of a tropical drink, but honestly, I I I, I mean. Regardless, I love pina coladas. Um, I did an episode previously on pina coladas. They're just they're so indulgent and refreshing. Um, I recently learned how to make my own um, coconut cream,
1: Ooh, that's and that, nice. that, that
0: that makes a massive difference. Yeah, it's really tasty. Do you like your pina coladas to be frozen or do you just make them over ice?
1: Mm, I make them over ice, and I I don't know. Um I don't use uh, coconut cream. I'm using uh, coconut syrup instead of that, mm-hmm. and that that's also quite nice. Also, um, that's uh, the pineapple juice together with uh, the white rum and the coconut syrup and some whipped cream, I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh, that sounds very nice.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think the pina colada was the like the first cocktail I've made. I think.
0: Wow. That's a good one. That's a good one to start on, I think.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, nice it's, fun it's drink. a, it's a basic one, and but you could uh, could make some really nice variations on it because um, I think a year ago I made a roasted pineapple pina colada that was um, like a caramelized um, pineapple chunk uh, made in the oven and then um, smashed it in the in the shaker and yeah, made a typical piña colada out of it with the white rum and the pineapple juice, coconut syrup, and the whipped cream. It was very nice.
0: That sounds really nice. It must have been. Did it have more of like a caramelized sugar flavor because of yeah. the roasted pineapple? Yeah. That sounds. That sounds really nice.
1: Yeah, but it's a lot of work to do on this. Yeah. A lot. Of.
0: <laughs> you have to have a lot of dedication. Yeah. What about have you ever made a jungle bird before? Yeah, yeah. That is probably one of my favorite tiki drinks. Um, I think it's one of my favorites because I am a huge Campari and Negroni fan, and I feel like the jungle bird is kind of a way of evoking that bitter Campari flavor um, while still having it be like a rum tropical tiki drink at the same time. So I've recently discovered those, and th- those are really easy to make and. It's a lot of things that are easy to have, just kind of lying around your house, which I like because if I just if I fancy it, I can just whip up a jungle bird.
1: Yeah, uh, referring to this one, I, I think I made one with apérol the last time, and it's it's quite uh the same uh, flavor profile like with the Campari, but yeah, it turned out very nice at the, in the end.
0: Yeah, that does sound, that does sound really good. There's actually a tiki bar right at the end of my street funnily enough that does a rum negroni but i think they do rather than campari they do um aperol as the the bitter and the negroni and i I think aperol goes with rum um much nicer than
1: yeah because i think it's it's not um it's not too bitter to uh to have the main flavor in the drink and I think it's with its light uh, sweet component in it, um, it fits better to the food juices you use and some of the tiki drinks.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I completely agree. So how, I mean, speaking a bit more generally, how do you usually get inspiration for the different drinks that you want to make?
1: Um, yeah, basically I'm looking on the internet to, to find some of them or yeah. Thinking um, of my own re- recipes, but um, I recently found an app from uh, Steve the Bartender. If you know him, yes, um, I
0: love Steve the Bartender. I
1: love. Uh, I really much love his videos on YouTube and how he made and um, yeah he shows to people how to make these drinks. And it's a quite nice uh, app where you can find some of these drinks. And yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I I really admire Steve the bartender. I've probably said it too many times on the podcast already, but I really got properly got into mixology and cocktail making during the coronavirus lockdown, um, just as kind of a way to still have fun with drinks at home. And Steve the Bartender and Educated Barfly and How to Drink were kind of the three YouTube accounts that I really got into watching. So those three guys basically taught me how to make drinks, but they they just have such great videos that really, and they also explain to you the science behind why drinks are made a certain way, and you just you learn a lot just from watching those videos.
1: Yeah, and uh, referring to the pandemic situation, uh, you basically have the time to to, to try it and. And basically to um, infuse spirits and ex- doing experiments with them.
0: Yeah, exactly. It gave it gave all of us a lot more time because I, I mean, I do I do really like to go out to different, you know, because I'm, I'm London based, I like to go out to a lot of different cocktail bars and experience different drinks at restaurants and stuff like that but the lockdown was an opportunity for me to actually hone the skills myself so in that sense it was that was the one positive of the situation
1: yeah that that's also nice to to create a like a new hobby out of this situation and i think for me i really really started to make uh, more cocktails and um trying some some more recipes that i uh that I uh, made myself. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it, it did. I felt, I felt the same way. So do you, do you like when, when you're able to see your friends when, when we're not in a pandemic, do, do you like making drinks for friends and experimenting with friends or do you like to more just experiment on your own?
1: Uh, yeah. I really like to, um, to make cocktails for other people. It's, it's 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 really like a passion for me uh, to see the smile on their face when they get their drink, and it's it's quite nice. So I really like uh, making cocktails on uh, family birthday parties or for friends on their birthdays. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really that's really nice. I agree. It is it is really fun making making drinks for people, and I have a couple of friends that are that I would say got into cocktail making a lot earlier than I did and they just have really good taste and they're really well researched in their drinking and um, we had a party a while back and we all kind of just ended up making each other cocktails and I made one of my Negronis for them and they were really complimentary and it was really flattering and just like really rewarding having people whose taste in, in drinks, I really respect and admire say that my drinks were good. So yeah, it's a, it is, it is, it's really rewarding, um, you know, practicing making the cocktails, but then having the opportunity to make them for your friends and family as well.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think it's quite inspiring when, uh, when your friends uh, have the knowledge about it and uh, could say what, which type of, flavor uh, was bad in this drink and which was good and so you can refer to this and make the cocktails better
0: yeah exactly exactly so have you found a similar community through Instagram because um, I know that you've had the Instagram you set for um, a year and a half or so and, and you have a really nice following have you found that you've been able to kind of connect with other um, cocktail makers on Instagram.
1: Yeah, uh, sure. Um, within this uh, t- period of time, like uh, one and a half years, I found a really good friend on uh, Instagram. Yeah, it was on... He Basically, he was on the uh, show the last time. It's Alex from uh, Cocktail Creation UK.
0: Yeah, he is. He's is so great.
1: And um, sometimes we're, uh, yeah, basically sending each other... Uh, like the pictures we we will uh, post the next time and discuss about the recipe and how it looks and if it's uh, possible to post it or if I should make another one and yeah oh, that's yeah, quite that's, nice that's
0: really yeah that's really nice to have to have that sort of support and you and Alex are obviously both really great but it's um yeah it's, it's just fun to have someone to bounce your ideas off of and also, I think drinks are just so everyone has their different tastes, so it's really interesting to see other people come up with drinks that you might have yeah. never thought of.
1: Yeah, that's true, really.
0: Yeah, so are there any other drinks that you would like to discuss, tropical, tiki, or otherwise?
1: Mm, I'm, I'm searching on my Instagram channel right now, but I couldn't really find one that... Uh, that we could discuss because um, the ones I I like are um, basically the ones um, I made from on my own, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if we could discuss one of these. So,
0: what um, do you have a particular spirit that is your favorite to work with for cocktails?
1: Um, I do I have a lot of spirits I really like to. To use uh, rum, basically all kinds mm-hmm. of rum, and really much the dark ones, like uh, seven, like the like the seven year old from Havana Club.
0: Yeah, I, that's a good one.
1: I really like to use and, but I also like the mm. the light and fu- yeah, fruity mixtures with uh, with gin or of vodka sometimes and yeah. And and even whiskey in the winter i love to make uh, whiskey drinks
0: yeah whiskey drinks are great in the winter i feel the same i also love um this is getting a bit off topic but a lot of times at christmas i'll make hot buttered rum which is really indulgent um but that's a really nice drink to have on a really cold winter's day
1: i never tried it um, the only ones that are hot hot cocktails i tried was a uh, Spiced uh, hot chocolate, I think.
0: Oh yeah, that's not, no. I I can send you the recipe. It's my mom's recipe for hot buttered rum. But you basically um, you use you combine butter, um, softened butter, uh-huh. with a bunch of different spices um, like nutmeg and cloves and ginger, and then you basically put a dollop of that butter. In the bottom of a glass, and you add—I um, think it's about two, probably two ounces of rum, um, rum of your choice. I think it, I think it's a really good opportunity for a spiced rum. Actually, like Captain Morgan is actually really good in a hot buttered rum, and then you pour um, boiling hot water from the kettle over it. And mix it all in. Obviously, it's got a huge lump of butter in it, so it's very high in calories. It's a very indulgent drink, but when it's cold outside, it's it's really really nice.
1: I can imagine that. I only tried. A, I think it's named Croc, like yeah, <clears throat> like is um, good. Yeah, like hot water and rum, basically. And yeah, it's also quite nice in winter yeah. days.
0: Yeah, those are. <clears throat> Those are definitely good drinks. Is there, I mean, this is a very difficult question to ask someone who is, you know, who's such a a drink aficionado, but if you, basically, if you were trapped on a desert island and you could only have one cocktail for the rest of your life, is there one that really stands out to you that you think would be your favorite drink?
1: I think it's a mojito.
0: Mm, That's a good one.
1: Yeah, I really like this mint flavor and maybe I could find some... Fruits on this island and make a, a tropical mo- uh, mojito, or yeah. I like I, that
0: choice. That's I re- a good one. I
1: really like the uh, passion fruit one.
0: Oh, I've never had a passion fruit mojito. How how do you usually make passion fruit mojitos?
1: You should try it definitely. It's it's quite ni- easy to make. So um, you make um, a classic mojito, like. Um, Cutting uh, a lime into quarters, putting on, um, putting it into the, into the glass, adding some wet sugar to it, and and some fresh mint leaves, and muddle that, and um, I'm I'm a huge fan of using um, flavored syrups or homemade syrups, so um, mm-hmm. I think I used a, a passion fruit syrup on this. So uh, you could. Um, Use more passion fruit syrup and uh, less sugar if you want, or you could also use a passion fruit uh, juice or even a, a fresh passion fruit, but um, I'm not really a fan of that because you have this uh, nasty um, uh, nasty chunks the, in it.
0: Yeah, like the pulp, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. like that either.
1: And then you, you add your favorite rum to it, like five centiliters of it. it I don't know what's the amount in England of this, um, like 50 milliliters, mm-hmm. and um, then you top it up with soda water, basically.
0: Yeah, that does. That sounds very refreshing.
1: And imagine that drink with a, with a half of a, a passion fruit on top of it, top of it next to a mint spring, and it looks amazing.
0: It's Just yeah, amazing. That does- That that does sound really good. There's also speaking back to um, Steve the bartender. He has he one of the things that I really admire about him is he has really nice garnishes. Oh yeah. Um, Like he kind of inspired me that I need to up my garnish game because he always uses like candied ginger um, and dried lemons and oranges and things like that. Um, Have you ever Have you ever experimented much with with different garnishes?
1: Yeah, I. I used some uh, dried citrus uh, slices like uh, orange or, I think, grapefruit and, um, yeah, mint springs. And, um, but I have to say that I really have to learn uh, to cut uh, citrus peels. I'm not, I'm not quite uh, good at it, so.
0: I'm still learning as well. I um am... I'm definitely I'm definitely not a pro. I got a much better um, peeler that I use, but it's actually so good that I've nearly peeled off my own finger a few times. Ooh. It's it's much more challenging than you would think to yeah, peel I citrus. Know.
1: I, I peel them sometimes uh, when I don't need the food. Uh, I peel them with with a knife and cut out the the food itself to um yeah to show uh, the peel of it. And uh, cutting it away, to uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I've I've done that before as well. I also think it's really important the quality of the fruit that you have because I think if it's too ripe or too underripe, it can just be much more difficult to yeah, sure. actually get the peel away.
1: And I really like to um, put uh, some berries on a stick and put it on on top of the glass or rim the glass with it like uh, some raspberries or uh, red currants which are also nice. Nice.
0: Have you, speaking of tiki drinks in particular, have you ever gotten into special tiki mugs? Do you have any in your collection?
1: Mm, No. I I, um, always wanted to have one because um, they're quite nice with the angry and uh, smiling face, like the classic ones, but uh, I never bought one because I think they're way too expensive.
0: They are. I totally agree with you. They're very expensive. I have a couple in my collection now. Um, there are two that I got from Amazon that I don't think they were that expensive. I think they were only about 15 pounds each, which was okay, but... Um, or maybe even a little bit cheaper than that, um, but they're very basic. They they aren't they aren't that intricate. And then I actually got one as a gift from my dad. That's quite funny. Um, they're really nice to collect, but I totally agree with you. They are insanely expensive.
1: So, like the only glass that you would uh, take for a tropical drink is the hurricane glass. Yeah. I have so yeah, it's the only one I think.
0: The hurricane glass is very versatile though. That's a good. That's a good glass to have. Yeah. I,
1: I use it for all of my tiki drinks, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's good for it's particularly good for piña coladas as well. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Well, is there are there any other drinks or anything else that you would like to discuss?
1: Yeah. Mm. Maybe discussing some uh, variations you could uh, do within these uh, tiki drinks?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So, um, have you ever tried um, something crazy like uh, adding chili oil or uh, vinegar to your drink?
0: I haven't, but I love chili oil, so if I could get my hands on some, I would happily try some chili oil in a drink. That sounds awesome. You definitely
1: should, but... um, don't use too much even if you like the flavor of it but um, when you shake it up um, it doesn't really um, mixes good with the other ingredients and you get a really nasty um, layer on top of it so be careful with that but um, a few drops are really nice to have on a drink so it it has this, uh, this nice uh, spicy flavor to it and um, yeah, it pushes some of the other flavors of the drink.
0: What what sort of drinks have you experimented with chili oil in? I I think I
1: made a, I'm served, I'm looking for it right now because I don't have all the recipes in my mind. So um, I think it was a cocktail I made for a competition, and it was uh, it's called the Passion on Fire. I made, it's um, 40 milliliters of um, Captain Morgan Spiced Rum, 20 milliliters of Dark Rum, then I added 30 milliliters of Coconut Syrup, 60 milliliters of Persian fruit Juice, um, 20 milliliters of Whipped Cream, and then here comes the complexity of the drink, um, adding a few dashes of uh, bitters, like the Angostura bitters. Um, a few drops of chili oil and then shake it up and uh, yeah, pour it into the glass.
0: Oh, that sounds really nice.
1: Yeah, and for this one, I I think it was the only time I used the whole pineapple, uh, which I scooped out a bit and poured the drink into it. But it's way too much uh, work to do. Some yeah, more I times. was going to
0: ask because I've I've never actually done that before, although I've always wanted to. Was it was it just way too labor intensive?
1: Yeah I, yeah, I think you you must be really careful to cut it out, and I don't have a, a scoop, scooper like that, uh, yeah. where you can turn it and pull the fruit of the pineapple out, and I used a knife, so cutting out a, like a cylinder out of it was quite impossible, so um, yeah, and you have to be careful that you don't cut through the walls of the pineapple, yeah. so it's yeah, way too much work
0: sound... now the that sound that sounds really nice though the the only the closest i've come which isn't really close at all is i've made um habanero margaritas which are really if you like a bit of spice in your drink um habanero margaritas are delicious yeah margaritas um, are great for that for that yeah, no any any like lime-based drink goes really nicely with some extra spice
1: yeah sure
0: what are some other fun variations that you can recommend?
1: Mm, I think it was uh, one time a passion fruit uh, vinegar that um, that I used uh, in like uh, a few drops uh, or a few dashes of it um, and it has this, um, this unique uh, sour flavors to it which uh, are totally um, different from lime or lemon juices and yeah it pretty much uh, makes the drink uh, standing out from the crowd
0: yeah that sounds that sounds really nice as well because I I like passion fruit but a lot of times I find it a bit sweet but if you add the vinegar aspect to it where it's a bit more tart that sounds really nice yeah what is your favorite fruit to work with in, in cocktails
1: passion fruit definitely passion
0: fruit yeah i
1: really i, I really honestly, love honestly, this I flavor haven't,
0: i don't think i've ever made my own drink with passion fruit i need to give it more of a try
1: you should definitely it's it's great just great to work with this this fruit and yeah yeah you should um you should try it and um but sometimes you you don't like the uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, these nasty uh, chunks of the passion fruit in it. But if you uh, strain it to a fine strainer, it um, yeah, it creates this unique uh, sour but fruity, light and lightly sweet uh, yeah flavor
0: to it. Yeah, that does sound that sounds really nice. I'm also just looking at your your Instagram. I found one that looks really good. The Barracuda, which was a um, Captain Morgan spice rum, Galliano liqueur, pineapple juice, lime juice, and then you garnish it with some chili flakes. That sounds really good.
1: Yeah. So the chili flakes in this case um, uh, underlined the orange taste in this, or did I use some of the orange or just as a garnish? I don't. Yeah. Depends. I think
0: you did. I think you did use orange. Yeah. It, it yeah. looks. It looks great. I. I love. There's a, there's a Mexican restaurant back near my home that does um, chili flakes on the rim of their margaritas, and I think it's just such a nice touch.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and uh, have you ever tried uh, the combination of uh, chili and um, mango Sometimes. Yes,
0: yes. I'm One of my favorite snacks is to sprinkle chili on mango, but I... Uh, I can't remember if I've used it in a cocktail before, but if I haven't, I definitely need to because it's such a it's such a unique flavor combination.
1: I also did it never before, but I, I really wanted to try it sometimes. I was yeah, you time.
0: definitely should. I need to. I think I think you could easily do a mango margarita with or like a even like a mango pina colada. Um, and then you could just use the chili flakes on the rim and even sprinkle some on the cocktail if you wanted to but that would just be delicious.
1: That sounds nice. Really?
0: Yeah. Do you ever do you ever str- like this is one of the things that I spoke to Alex about, you know, do you find it quite easy now to come up with different different variations of drinks or do you ever struggle for inspiration?
1: No. Um I think as Alex said in the last episode um, if you understand the basics of uh, making a tiggy or even a, co- a tropical drink um, you could pretty much uh, do ev- everything with it and um, yeah, adding like adding uh, Aperol or Liqueur 43 it's a Spanish vanilla liqueur and or making your own syrups or even adding some of the chili oil I mentioned, um, yeah, it's quite easy.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think once you get the ratios down, that's the toughest part of the battle.
1: Yeah, I think, um, as I mentioned, um, it's quite basic, I think. Um, I really much like to use um, the uh, dark rum as the main ingredient, like 40 milliliters of it, and twenty milliliters of white rum or a golden or spiced rum even and um, then adding fruit juice like pineapple, passion fruit or what you like to have and then you could experiment with um, some other liqueurs like a grapefruit run or or a passion fruit one and uh, yeah, adding some more fruits or even syrups and yeah a little sour base to it, like, I think uh, lime juice is quite nice with it, or sometimes lemon, and, yeah, shake it up, and yeah. that's your drink.
0: No, uh, that is That is a very, very good foundation. So do you have any other advice that you'd like to give to anyone that's looking to get into cocktail making but might be a little bit overwhelmed by all the different options or the notion of, like, making their own syrups or anything like that?
1: Mm, I think you just have to try it. Um, when I first made uh, the Mai Tai, the, our topic for today, um, I was shocked, or kind of shocked, because um, because of the ingredients, and I never used shot syrup, if I pronounce it right. Um, and it, it, it seems to me... Um, way too complex to make it myself and but it's not true you can uh, basically or everybody can basically make these strings and yeah just try it
0: so have have you ever made your own orange zero? syrup because no. I haven't because I'm I'm very it, it does seem like it's very complex to make
1: no I haven't um, I think the same way like you uh, I don't he- I don't even have a recipe for it, or never searched a recipe for it because I think um, it's the ble- it's a blended uh, almond in it, mm-hmm. and I think it's way too uh, much work, or even way too complex to uh, make it yourself.
0: I, yeah, I totally agree. Like, I've watched videos on YouTube and stuff where they've made it, but I, ha- I have a couple of issues with it. The, the first is the ingredients that you need. Almonds are obviously easy, but I think you need orange flower water, which is not, I don't think it's very easy to find in local supermarkets. Or yeah, if you can, I would never I think,
1: get it in my local store, I think.
0: Yeah, and I, I think if you can get it, it's really expensive. Um, then you need to be able to, I think, I think you need, like, cheesecloth to be able to strain it which just sounds very complicated to me. But my, my biggest issue, the reason why I've never tried making it is because it I think it goes, it expires very quickly. Like obviously when you make something at home and you don't add all of the different additives and preservatives that they put in store-bought syrups, it's going to go bad very quickly. And I just, I'm simply not using enough orgeat syrup um, to be able to actually use it all up before it would go bad. And to me, it just seems like it would be Wasteful, so I, I still get mine store bought, um, but you know, if you are someone, if you are a bartender or someone who's making drinks with it all the time, I definitely think that there's got to be a lot of benefit to making it yourself. But I do, I will say that I make all my own simple syrups because that's just so easy.
1: Yeah, definitely, and to for the uh, Orchid syrup, I think it's not that efficient to make a, to make it to use. Um, like in 20 milliliters of it in a drink and never use it again so exactly
0: exactly yeah totally but as yeah, as
1: you mentioned uh re- and referring to the question before uh yeah just try to make a simple syrup it's it's easy and then you can make twists of it like a raspberry simple syrup and or a coconut one if you find find a coconut in your store and yeah try some try something with that and
0: That is excellent advice. Well, I think that is all the time that we've got, but thank you so much, Max, for coming on the show. I've really enjoyed having you and talking about one of my all-time favorite drinks. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, So any of the listeners, you can find Max at his Instagram at cocktailsbymax. Um, Like I said, his his account is absolutely beautiful. I really enjoy watching his watching seeing his his drinks in my feed uh, max do you have any any closing words anything you'd like to say
1: yeah i want to say thank you to you to from to have uh, to, uh, to give me the opportunity to be a guest in a english speaking cocktail podcast which is a really nice one you should definitely give a give her a follow and yeah it was a pleasure for me to be here
0: Oh, thanks, Max. That's really sweet. And it was absolutely my pleasure to have you. So thank you very much. So thank you so much, everyone for listening to this week's episode of gin and beer and a special thanks to Max for joining. I had such a nice time chatting to him. I really enjoy his Instagram account. And I hope that he'll come back on at some point in the future, because I'd absolutely love that. You can find everything from the podcast at www.jinnandbearitshow.com. The podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you manage to find it to listen to it now. I'm on Instagram at Jen and Barrett Show and on Twitter at Gin and Barrett Pod. You can also email in gin and Barrett Show at gmail.com. I'm always open for discussions of drink topics or if you'd like to come be a guest on the show and as always i'm also doing instagram tv videos for thirsty thursday every thursday where i do tutorials for different drinks usually ones that i'm trying for the first time myself so thanks again for listening and i can't wait to chat to you guys next week